I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk about real estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And uh, we just got off the phone with a good friend of ours, Cliff Hayden, uh, who is a real estate investor by trade and is also the founder of ShowMeTheRental.com. We wanted to talk with Cliff today about what it's like to be an investor as your main business. I know in the show we've talked a lot about how you can get into real estate investing or how you can staple real estate investing on to your existing job. Uh, And Cliff is someone who tried to do just that but really quickly realized that he loved it more than his own job, and it was more profitable than his own job, and he really took it to the next level and made it his full-time job. And so it's a really awesome conversation with some really interesting insights. I think you guys are really going to love what Cliff has to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cliff is is a guy. He's a local real estate investor here, and I know we have we have listeners all over the country, but you know, he's the kind of guy that will really inspire those of our listeners out there that may, may be a new to the industry real estate professional, uh, you know, an agent. It may be just someone who's new to real estate investing or aspiring to some, somebody that is punching that clock every day and not loving what the results they're getting. Uh, think they're destined for more, have courage to, to pull the trigger and move forward doing something. And Cliff is just like, he's just the guy, right? Like he's a dude, like he's, he's a buddy of mine. He came, to me very early in my career as a business contact. And we've developed a relationship over the years. But I I think the biggest thing that inspires me about Cliff and our discussion that we just had with him, and you folks will hear it just in a moment, is just how much courage he had. Um, And and I think it underscores how possible it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, not not because Cliff had any kind of disadvantage, but it just shows how easily and how really within reach real estate investing is. If you've really thought about taking it to the next level, anybody can do it. I'm not saying that because Cliff is just anybody, but he's shown that if you're willing to do the work and you're willing to take the steps, then it is within your reach. Yeah. I mean, he didn't come from the other side of the tracks or anything, right? But but a solidly middle-class, blue-collar upbringing, you know, been instilled in him that work ethic and, you know, follow the path Absolutely. To security and, and he bucked the trend, right? Sure. And so I think there's a lot of return on investment when that courage is put to work with sound principles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I think it's phenomenal that our listeners get an opportunity to hear him. Absolutely. Well, we're going to cut straight to it then. When we come back, we'll be with Cliff to talk about real estate investing, a day in the life as a real estate investor. Well, folks, we're back, and I have the distinct pleasure of introducing today's guest to you, uh, Mr. Cliff Hayden. He is the broker and owner of Altec Properties and founder of real estate investing tech startup, showmetherental.com. Cliff is also an investor by trade. Now, you heard Gabe and I talk a little bit about you know, the investing world and moving from your day job to 
investing as a job before the break. But Cliff is somebody who's actually made that happen. Cliff, thank you so much for joining us today. Jay, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, sir. Awesome, dude. Well, we're, gr- we're glad to have you. And I guess why don't we just get things started by answering, a, if you could answer a real broad question for me. So our listeners out there may be thinking to themselves, you know what? I've dabbled in real estate investing. I've owned a few properties. They may even own quite a few properties, but it, but it's, it's an investment. It's not a trade for them. So why don't you share with our listeners how you were able to move from working, you know, day to day in a job to turning investing into your trade? Jay, the, the cliche answer is systems. So, um, and it's finding the right system to complement, I would say, what you like to do and what you don't like to do. So, uh, systems is what kind of got me going. And I've been doing this now for close to 15 years, and I'm still tweaking systems and making them better. So, uh, when I first started, um, you kind of know the story. I worked at AT AT&T for 10 years in construction. And while I was doing construction, I hooked up with a, a local guru named Mike Butler, who kind of put me under his wing to teach me how to do real estate. Um, so while I was working a full-time job, I started buying real estate. My whole goal in the beginning was just to have a retirement when I got older. Uh, lo and behold, that I had not realized how much I was going to enjoy buying and fixing up houses. Um, I got in with Mike, and I learned I didn't have systems in place. I was running, I call it a square wheel. So I figured out how to buy houses about two years on how to buy houses and I would buy 30 to 40 houses a year. Well, in the meantime, I didn't have property management set up right. I didn't have taxes set up right. I didn't have a maintenance guy. So uh, what I quickly learned was that my business was running me and I was not running my business, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Sure. Very, uh, uh, very sleepless nights, very uh, um, just trying to figure it out as I went, which was a bad way to go. So what I, I did was I went out and started finding people who I kind of, I would say, had a lifestyle that I wanted because that's what I got in business for was to get all this money and be able to do what I want, have all this freedom. What I quickly learned was the more money I made, the more, you know, the, the song goes, the more problems you have, the more moving pieces you have, the more you not really have time. So um, back up a little bit. Um, the whole reason I'm sure most people get into business is to have more time with their family, go on vacations, travel. Um, I'm a proud father and happily married, uh, happily married father of uh, five kids. And, um, my whole goal is to spend time with them and I miss field trips. And, and, and what I quickly learned when I got into real estate and having a full-time job was I never saw, them. I missed a lot. I, I regretfully missed several years of their childhood because I thought being a father meant working all the time and making a ton of money. So Cliff, let me, let me get, let me get this straight. So you left a day job and became a real estate investor and only then found out that you had less time for your family. Is that correct? Exactly. So um, I, t- I go on tangents a lot. So, yeah, so I worked at AT&T, built up rental houses. Um, and then my 10-year anniversary, I quit AT&T because I was making three times more money in the rental business than I was at my job. That That's an amazing point, though. And, and it's not just about the money, right? So... I think I think this is really important to drive this drive this point home for our listeners who may be looking at real estate investing as this kind of sexy kind of next thing, this alternative to punching a clock. It's actually the opposite. Your experience was the opposite. You had more balance when you worked a job, but then you became a real estate investor, which I think a lot of people think is going to bring with it all this freedom. You you actually lost freedom. Yeah, 
and I tell you what, Jay, it's a great point. And, and and the problem that I've just recently realized over the last year or so is that, you know, my priorities were backwards. So my priority was always, I'm a Taylor Boulevard guy in the South End, so my priority was always money. So I always thought money was the way to, the more money you make, the more time you're going to have, the more freedom you're going to have, uh, the more you're going to be able to do what you want. Well, once I started making money, I realized that wasn't the case. I was a slave to my money. Um, I learned the more houses I bought, the more debt I went into. Yes, I was cash flowing and my bank account looked great, but I used money as the goal. Uh, recently, I've transitioned and started using money as a tool. Um, so my old priorities, you, I thought were in the right place, were not. So, so a big problem those old priorities cause about money is the is the goal and not the tool was, you know, I had a lot of friction at home with my wife, which is not what I wanted. I thought being a father meant providing and putting food on the table. What my wife and kids wanted was more time with dad. Um, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to do, but as a father, I really wasn't because I wasn't being there for my kids in the way that I should have been. I was I was there the way I thought I was supposed to be, which is provide money. So, so the new priorities that I have, um, which systems helped me get to this point, was to... Um, put my life first and put business second. I know I'm jumping around a lot. So, so what I did in, in the last 10 years is I've been developing ways to tweak systems to fit my personality, fit what I do so I can have freedom. So I can have true freedom. Um, on, and, and what I mean by that was, so when I quit my job, you know, we own and manage around 80 properties. Um, I worked all the time. The biggest headaches I had were empty rental houses. So it wasn't one empty rental house that was a problem. It was four or five empty rental houses. So I have me, I have a property manager, um, you know, bookkeeper. I have people on the team, but um, the amount of phone calls and the amount of effort it took to handle these empty rental houses was overwhelming. So it was so frustrating. And I would, I can remember, you know, empty houses cost your money. They're not rented. You, you know, you're not putting food on the table. So sure. I would work all day. I would come home, eat dinner with the kids. We're eating dinner. I'm answering the phone. I can, I can, I can <laughs> distinctly remember my wife's look every time the phone rang. The disgust in her eyes, and I told her, "I said I can't help it. I got to get this stuff taken care of." Yeah. And so she didn't understand what I was trying to do, and and I didn't understand her point of view. So we were just so much friction. Right. So one thing we developed was um, there's a, a quick little story. I went on an um, investor trip to a guy named uh, Fixer J. He's about an 80 year old guy, one of the coolest guys I've ever met. So one of the stink conversations we had was I said, what, what do, what do you, what's your end game or what do you want? And he goes, you know, son, he goes, financial freedom is not hard to attain. Financial freedom is not that hard. If you can show people how to get more time, they will pay a lot of money for that. Everybody wants more time. Um, everybody can figure out how to make a lot of money. They can't figure out how to have time to enjoy things. Uh, sure. That was a big problem I, I had. Well, time is your most, time is your most precious commodity. That's, that's for sure. Without a doubt. And, uh, and it's funny because, like I said, my old priorities was I always thought the more money I made, the more time I'm going to have. Completely opposite. Mm. The more money I made, the more it took up my time. Yep. Um, so so um, I figured out one of the biggest problems and time concerns we have in our business was empty house. Yeah. The, the amount of phone calls, the amount of emails, you just couldn't keep up. And it was just an overwhelming feeling. Right. So we would that system we had is we were just the first couple people for applications that they looked okay. We put them in the house, horrible business plan. Right. I realized, you know, two years later that when they, we didn't screen them right or do things right, that they trashed the house and that, that quick 
fix, a short-term fix caused uh, a lot of money problems down the road because they turn out the house over and four or 5,000 of, you know, fix it up because they trashed the place. Well, it's really important to comment on this. Like you, you've unpacked quite a bit there and, and it's central themes that we find recurring throughout our podcast is one being leverage. Gabe always tries to race me <laughs> to, to, to reference leverage first, but Cliff, what you're talking about is is leveraging systems to create certain yeah. outcomes, right? You're building systems to help you run your business better. You know, uh, another thing that we've talked about specifically with respect to real estate investing is that vacancy is your biggest expense. Turnover and vacancy are your biggest expenses when it comes to real estate investing. And and I, I know the story and I know we're going to get to that here in a minute. I really want you to talk to our listeners about how you came to found showmetherental.com, uh, which I believe is a phenomenal asset to folks that were incurring the same kind of challenge that you were. But, but before we move on to that, let's, let's, let's just talk a little bit more about your day to day. Let's, 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 let's talk granular. Let's get a little more specific. What does a day in the life of a real estate investor by trade look like? Like somebody who, who, who does real estate investing for their livelihood. What does that look like, Cliff? Tell our listeners. It's a great question. And uh, I'm happy to say that um, I actually enjoy my job now. So I kind of told you the old way. The, the, the new way of what I do now is my new priority. Um, I'm going to say this the easiest way I can is to live an abundant life. So what I used to do is let my business run me. Well, now I've decided to change my priorities up and make money a tool and not the goal. So what I do now is I have a calendar and I put my family and life things in there first day to day. And I make sure those things get done. Um, and then in between there gives me about 20 to 25 hours a week. I do business. Um, what I do now is I really focus on what needs to be done. So, of course, if you run real estate, you know, you need to do the management side. You need to make sure work orders are getting done. Uh, you need to make sure rent's getting paid. You need to send seven-day letters, eviction notices. I consolidate my monthly rental business into literally a few hours a day now with systems in place. Um, and and, and it's, it's – I don't know how to say it in a better way besides – I used to, you've heard the term, you know, I'm, I'm, am I busy or am I being productive? And I learned that once I really changed my priorities, um, I'm actually now being productive instead of busy, which has completely changed my business. So if I can concentrate a few hours a day and I mean, concentrate, turn off phones, lock doors, get my office stuff done. And everybody knows their office stuff. It's all, if you can prioritize and really focus on that, no no interference. You can get a lot of stuff done in a, in a small amount of time um, and, and really organize your day. Um, by me doing that over the last couple of years, my business has skyrocketed. So again, back to, are you busy or are you productive? I know it's a cliche term, but if you can really start to hone your skills and put the systems in place to be productive, um, and that to me, everybody's different. That to me is to automate my real estate business, which I've done. Uh, that to me is to, I do a lot of rehabs, have systems in place. So when I get a house, I have deadlines. I have all my guys in place that took time to build and get that done. Um, another, I'll tell you another quick little story that, that really helped me out of my business. There's a guy named Mark Hall. So I worked for, for several years and uh, he's a foreclosure agent in town, 
does a phenomenal job, runs a great business. Uh, the guy that he met in Baltimore, um, I can't think of, I want to say Bart, but I can't think of his name. He came in town anyway, long story short, he came in town and I asked, I always ask these guys that I look up to, or I think have made it. Uh, I say, what'd you do or what changed you or how, how did you get to where you are? And he said, literally Cliff, he goes, I took a piece of paper. I drew a line through it on one column. I put what I like to do on another column. I put what I don't like to do. I wrote down both columns. I tore it in half and I went out and found somebody to do what I don't like to do. Hmm. And he goes, I didn't have money to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I did it. And I figured out a way. And he goes, from that point on, I, my business skyrocketed and I enjoyed day to day stuff that I did. Um, so little things like that along the way have helped me a lot. Um, and then just like everybody else, you find a problem in your business, you either decide to fix that problem or you just keep that problem going on for years and years and years. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. They don't go out and when they find a problem, they just go, well, there's nothing I can do. I'll just deal with it. Um, instead of really fixing it. Cliff here, here, here's what I hear. Um, and I think our listeners are hearing it too. What I hear is I hear a guy, a regular guy, and I know you're sharp. I mean, for those of you that don't know Cliff, Cliff is a sharp mind as it, as it pertains to real estate investing. He may, he may play the all shucks role real well, but he is sharp. But I hear, I hear a regular guy that wants to spend time with his family, live a good life and found the courage to do something that was, you know, by and large unconventional by, you know, what society would hold as normal, right? You, you, you quit a job you were at for 10 years in hopes of pursuing something that you knew could be bigger. And, uh, it's, it sounds, it sounds like you said a bit cliched, but when a problem comes up, you fix it. You try to find ways and correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you try to find ways to build systems so that the problems don't resurface and, um, you make, make sense decisions. I, I mean, is that fairly, you know, accurate when characterizing? It's, it's, uh, it's very accurate. Um, and I'm going to back up a little bit. I'll tell you a cool story on how I quit my job because from where I come from, um, I'm very middle class. Um, so, you know, it was a cliche of go to college, get a degree, go get a job. That company's going to take care of you. Everything's going to be great. Right. Um, so when I was at AT&T, you know, I was a 20 something year old kid and I was making 80 to a hundred thousand a year. I wasn't making jump change. So I was doing very well. Uh, so it was a big, huge decision to quit my job. So a cool little story. Um, didn't want to, I didn't know if I should quit or not. And I didn't want to quit. And then, Oh, I made a mistake and I couldn't go back. I mean, they're not, you know, once you quit, you're pretty much done. And I go, hire you back. So, um, what I did, I think it's a cool little story. I purposely got suspended from work <laughs> and, uh, and I did that because I never got suspended and something didn't work out. I could go back, but if okay. I just straight up quit, I wasn't going to make it. And it's a big <laughs> deal coming where I come from to walk away from that job. So I got purposely suspended. Did something stupid uh, on purpose, got caught, got suspended. And that time frame, I started doing real estate. And, and I, 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 a little credit on, a, on history. I hold the longest suspension in AT&T history, by the way. Very, very cool. <laughs> what, what did you so, do? Uh, Is it appropriate to ask you in, in this forum what you did to get suspended, or is that a story for another day? Um, it's, I don't know how much time we got, but basically what I did <laughs> is I, I drove bucket trucks. So we drove these big, huge bucket trucks. And, and a lot of things happened. I don't want to get to uh, um, – I want to say religious, but a lot of things happen. You, I think for a reason or happen at a certain time. It's kind of the coincidence to me sometimes is alarming. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was thinking about quitting, didn't know if I should. 
Well, I, I worked at AT&T. I, worked with, I drove those big bucket trucks, and we put up telephone lines, and whenever storm damage, like, uh, you know, how horrible Irma is, that we would go out of town and fix all the telephone lines. So anyway, when you have a CDL, you have a CDL license. And you got to take random drug tests and, and, you know, different, there's different rules for that type of license. So anyway, it just so happened they would random drug test you. Well, right when I was going to quit my, thinking about quitting, they popped a random drug test on me. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to take it. And if you don't take it, it's the same as a fail. Mm, okay. So then, then they send you to, uh, it's called rehab. And it's a pretty cool story. So anyway, I go to rehab and I'm talking to my counselor who come to find out was my aunt and uncle's next door neighbor. Hmm. So we start talking about things and I, um, that's a whole I sold you my house actually, but that's a whole other story. But um, <laughs> but so we're sitting there talking. I'm like, is this confidential? What I'm going to tell you? He's like, yeah. And I said, so if I tell you this, you can't tell anybody else. He was like, yeah. I said, so here's what I'm trying to do. I don't. I want to quit my job. I don't know if I can or if I, if I'm going to make it. But I can't walk away. I need to know if I can make it first before I quit. So I said, I just need some time to do this real estate full time and really dedicate my time to it and make sure I can do it. Because at this time, I'm working a full time job and doing real estate. So he said, I'll tell you what, I had eight hours of uh, counseling. So he goes, you can take this as fast or as slow as you want. And I'm not that smart. So I was like, ah, what does that mean? He goes, he said it real slow. He goes, you can take this as fast or as slow <laughs> as you want. So then I would go for a half hour a week for the next, however many weeks that is. And when we would go, when I'd go in there and talk, I would tell him like, look, I don't have a drug problem. I'm not fine. I'm fine. This is why I did this. And we'd go in there and talk about real estate. Uh, and I'd have to him a, an investment house. So uh, it, it was pretty neat. So in that time frame of the, you know, several months I was off, um, I made my salary at AT&T in the first month doing real estate. Wow. So once I did that, I was like, man, I'm done. I don't have to go back. I know in so your my, experiment worked. I can make yeah. this work. Yeah. But it was very scary. And I, it, it's funny. And, um, yeah, you've met my mom and dad, but they, my dad was so scared because he was like, you're walking away from a, such a great job. And I was like, dad, I get it, but I, I'm not fulfilled. I don't, you know, I walk into this office and I just, I'm so not depressed, but I get so down because you're puffing on a string. And when I tell you to jump, you got to jump. And I just, that wasn't, um, I, I thought I would like it, but once I got into it and found out how it actually worked, I wasn't a, a happy, I, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So luckily I worked hard and found a way out. Uh, but it, very tough. Cliff, that, that's an amazing story, man. I, I, you know, I can tell you and what really resonates with me, there's a couple of things there and I, I'll probably circle back, but you know, Tony Robbins says that wealth is a measure of fulfillment, not a measure of how much money you have. And so, you know, in this case, it was fortunate that you made more money at something that fulfilled you more. So I think that's important that, 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 um, I, you know, I, you and I know each other pretty well. We go back, but I didn't know that story. So <laughs> longest, yeah, I don't tell that a lot. Longest, so. well, yeah, well, you just told a lot of people. I mean, this is not <laughs> this is not going to be kept secret. I, I, I don't know what you there for eight years. So I'm okay now. They can't do nothing. <laughs> I don't know what you thought this was today, but this is actually being recorded and going to be distributed. You know <laughs> that kind of thing. No, Cliff, that's fantastic, man. So here's what I want to do, and and again, all I hear is a guy that's willing to do what's maybe viewed as unconventional to get the results that he's looking for. And I think that's what real estate investors look for. But there's challenges that come along the way. I know you've incurred them. And I want to pivot and I want to talk about Show Me the Rental because for those of you that, that are not aware, um, 
of what showmetherental.com is. Cliff, I'm going to let you tee it up here in a second, but but suffice it to say, this was your single biggest challenge once you immersed yourself in real estate investing as a career. And what you've done about it, I think is nothing short of remarkable, is build a service that solves that problem. So why don't you tell them briefly what showmetherental.com is? Okay, and I'm going to go back to that story about that piece of paper that I drew a line through, what I like to do and what I don't like to do. I hate talking to pre-screening tenants over the phone and answering emails on an empty house. Because the people who've done this for a while or have several houses, you know, 80% of those phone calls are a waste of time. Okay, so for our for our listeners, just to be simple, you have a, a renter that moves out of one of your houses. Yeah. In our market, we're under a supreme inventory shortage of property available for rent. Yeah. Okay, so when Cliff puts a sign in the front yard of one of his pieces of rental property, his phone blows up. Right, Cliff? Correct. So, so what the problem we had was there was no, it was me and my property manager. And I would have to help when we had more than, you know, one house because it's too much. So it got to the point it was just overwhelming. We were spending so much, call that busy work versus productive, so much busy work just trying to get these things rented and not really doing a good job because there's no way you can talk to that many people, answer that many phone calls, uh, emails, but, you know, all that stuff was just so overwhelming. And I was going back to the AT&T data. I just dreaded going in. I dreaded having empty rental houses because, it was just such a headache. So I went out and looked for a system that I could find and buy into that would take care of this. Um, I could not find one. I could not find one. So I was like, there's got to be something out there. I kept looking around, asking people, and everybody had the same problems I was having. Um, they just, you know, like took the phone calls and emails and, and did a bad job at it. So what we realized while we were doing the empty houses is we would always ask the same questions. We would always run an application the same way. We have worksheets and systems for processing applications. We would all do all this stuff, and we found out, why can't this be automated? We're doing the same thing over and over again. So that was our problem, um, is there was not a system out there that did that. So that's why we developed Show Me the Rental. And, and basically what it does is exactly what we didn't like doing. It handles all your emails and all your phone calls. So what Show Me the Rental was built for was to help people back to my new priority was to live an abundant life and, and be there for my family and have time and not be consumed all the time with so much other busy work. So the show me the rental is basically a one-stop shop is what, what I wanted to build. So you put your house on show me the rental. It syndicates it out to all the major websites. Everybody, all the phone calls and emails start coming in. Show me the rental gives you your own. Each city has their own dedicated phone number. They call in for a voice recording and it sends them to a website uh, so they can answer the pre-screening questions you pick to filter through the 80% of people that are wasting your time, get you to those 20%, get those in the house, get them people automatically into the house, and then let them fill out an application. And we don't talk to anybody anymore until an application is, is sent in. Um, so the problem that we had, show me the rental fixed. So, so I'm a real estate investor. Okay, hypothetically, and I am a real estate investor, but hypothetically, I'm a real estate investor. Um, let's say I'm I'm in the uh, I, I'm where Cliff was when he was at AT and T before he had the longest suspension, um, and <laughs> and I got an empty rental house, right? Um, but I'm working a day job, and I know that my phone. I'm dreading 
putting that sign in the yard and putting it on Zillow because I know my phone's going to start ringing and I don't really have time to deal with this. So what you're saying is, is that those leads that come in off of Zillow, those calls that come in off the yard sign, they get filtered directly to show me the rental, correct? Yes, correct. Okay. And so where does it go from there? So, so the potential tenant then um, is asked in some sort of way from a website or, or an email or some kind of way, they're asked a series of questions that allow them to essentially sort themselves as to whether they qualify or don't. Is that correct? Correct. So, so what we learned uh, is we kept asking the same questions over and over. The, the, the main questions we ask are, one, how long have you been on your job? Two, how much money do you make? Three, uh, how much money do you have in the bank? And four, can you do small repairs? Can you fix small items? So um, the, the whole goal is for us is to get a tenant in, in our property that one is going to stay for a while uh, and two has the means to pay their bills and are responsible. Right. So we ask those questions every time. And another one is we our, our minimum lease is three years. Okay. So um, we, we what we do with our pre-screening questions is set the stage for tenants, so they know going in what we expect out of them. And then once they fill out an application, we really hit home again once they do a lease agreement. We have a system in place now that they understand we're our, that you're our customer now, and we want to have a good relationship and a long-term relationship. Um, it was hard to do that over the phone and with right. emails. So this system, what I love about it is it solved that other problem of, hey, we're setting the stage up without me spending hours and hours a day talking to the wrong people. I filter, you know, think of a big funnel. I filter all the people who don't fit my criteria down to just a select, you know, 40 or 50, which is still a lot of people. And then from there, we get the right person in our property that is going to be a long-term tenant. And it, it has made our life so much better um, and so much easier. And, and the cool thing is, is, you know, back to my new priorities is to live an abundant life. That's why I kind of developed this too. I know it sounds cliche is to help people that are at the AT&T, they're at this place and want to get further and grow their business. But the time it takes to do that, we can kind of help with that. Um, so we don't charge arm and a leg. It's actually a, I I think it's ridiculous price. It's to do everything it does. It's 49 bucks until your house is rented, which is, um, phenomenal to me for what it does. Um, I look back if, if it was offered, if I didn't develop it, it was offered somebody else. I would easily pay a hundred bucks for that service. One time, forty nine dollars per property until, and it stays live until the property's leased or rented. Correct. Wow. Correct. That's 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 pretty solid, Cliff. And and so let me ask you this one one last question. Um, you know, everybody, real estate investors tend to have, you know, different theory about what makes a successful real estate investing practice. You know, who makes the best tenants? I'm sure that you've accounted for the fact that maybe my criteria are slightly different than yours. Um, I know you said you, you were asking the same questions each time, but like, what if I don't want to ask your questions? You have a list of around 30 questions. Every question we thought of, you could ask, we have them in there. You get to pick whatever questions you want. Nice. So, and you get to pre-screen however you want. The other cool feature is you can show the property five different, well, four different ways. What we do in our town, um, we give out lockbox codes. That's one way to do it. You can go, they can sign out a key at your office. You can do an open house. If you have a lot of people have agents that actually show the properties, you have a calendar feature in there that they can schedule and show properties and have, you know, show up when they're there and it sends them reminders. And it, it, it 
it, it's hard to explain over the phone. It's easy to explain in like a, if I can do a webinar or something like that. Sure. But it does everything you can do that you can think of to make sure that they get access to the property. The coolest feature we're doing right now, we have a really nice property uh, in PRP. The tenant's moving out. She's a great customer. Um, she is moving out, but she is actually, through showing the rental, showing the house while she lives there. So we already have two applications on the property, and she hasn't even moved out yet, which is such a good feeling of not right. having that all that turnover cost. So Wait, wait. So two applications? You have more than one application against this property now. Isn't there some sort of application fee? Uh, we, yes. Uh, we charge uh, you know, we charge forty bucks for an application fee. So, so, and so it's a revenue generator. It it can be. I don't look at it that way, but uh, yes, it can be a revenue generator. Okay. Um, I look at it from the point of view that I have just I get so excited. I have two applications on a house that somebody's still living in. Uh, never before could I have done made that happen because all this is automated. Before you'd have to call the right. tenant. Tenant would call you. You call the person. Call the tenant. I mean, just so much scheduling and headache. It was it was just suck to do. Now it's one hundred percent automated. So, Cliff, me as the businessman and the real estate investor that I am, um, I hear that. I hear forty dollars per application and forty nine dollars for the cost of the service. I'm thinking if I can get one extra application per property, the the service pays for itself. Great point, Jay. And another uh, quick story is, um, you know, before when we didn't have this system in place, there's no telling how many good leads we lost, how many applications we missed. Yep. So another great feature, show me the rental, is I make, I shouldn't say I make, I get quadruple the application fees I used to. Now, I do give right. several of those back. And what, what we've learned, too, now that because we do have quite a few houses is we'll if they don't get this house, we'll say, hey, we can give your application back, or we got another house coming up or a house over here. Do you want that one? And all that yeah. can be done through showing the rental. What else it does that is very, very cool is it keeps track of every single lead, their name, their email, their phone number, date and right. times they looked at the house. It keeps it's, – it, it's a big, huge contact list, um, which that's a whole other conversation, but um, – yeah. That list can be very powerful. People under, a lot of people understand that. It's a very powerful list. Wow. That you get for $49 also. Man. Well, Cliff, man, that sounds really robust. And, you know, I, uh, I really appreciate the time you spent with us today. Um, I, think, I think this has been amazing for our listeners to hear what it sounds like, what it looks like, what it feels like to be a real estate investor every day. And uh, I really just appreciate you taking the time. Folks, you can find Cliff on Facebook at Show Me The Rentals business page. You can go to showmetherental.com, all spelled out. Cliff, is there an email address if they have more uh, information or they have more questions and would like more information about Show Me The Rental that they can reach you at? Yeah, very simple. It's info at showmetherental.com. And then phone number is 502-641-8781. And uh, call anytime, email. Uh, you can check out the website. They have videos and tutorials on there to show you. Um, I really think once you try it, you, you'll, you'll get the advantages that I get out of it. And that's what I'm hoping to do. Now, one last thing before I let you go, just so our listeners are aware. I, I'm, I'm aware, but I want to make sure they are. We have listeners of the podcast all over the country. This is not a local to Louisville, Kentucky service. This is a nationwide service. Is that correct, Cliff? Correct. That is, that is 100% correct, yes. So you can you can you can service people in Atlanta, you can service people in Indianapolis, you can service, you know, St. Louis, anywhere where 
rental property is being managed in the United States at this time, show me the rental can service, correct? Correct. And what we also do, too, for your first paid listing, we give you a free yard sign with your own uh, unique telephone number for your city. So uh, that's a very cool little feature, too. And uh, for your first property you pay for, you get a free sign. So it kind of helps get traffic going and has has everything on there that you need. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. Cliff, thank you again so much for joining us, man. This was awesome. I love that our listeners got to hear your interesting perspective. Uh, Folks, again, find Cliff at showmetherental.com, info at showmetherental.com. If you need to ask specific questions, I know he's happy to answer them. You can find him on Facebook. But Cliff, again, man, so awesome. Thanks for for joining us today. Jay, I appreciate you. You're my buddy. You're my friend. And uh, thanks thanks for the opportunity. All right, that's it for Resource Today. Remember, if you've got questions for us or you're curious about something you heard, make sure to head over to www.resourcepodcast.net for more information about today's show as well as some information about today's guest. Uh, Another big thanks to Cliff. Remember, you can always get in touch with Jay and I directly if you have any questions or you're curious about some of the things that you've heard on the show. You can reach us both, Gabe at PittsTeam.com, Jay at PittsTeam.com, and there's plenty of ways to give us feedback uh, right there on the website. And of course, remember, if you haven't already, make sure to drop a review or give us a rating in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to the podcast. All of your feedback is really valuable to us, and it helps new listeners find us. Again, thanks again for listening to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. We'll be back. Next time, folks.